Hats. Today, I am your host, Mike Tanner. I am not driving around in a terrible, icy, rainy, cold, dreary day, but instead I'm coming to you once again from Volta in Halifax, Nova Scotia. And today, I have the pleasure of talking to a couple of people from the Volta Academy program. So I'm going to get you to introduce yourself. We'll start with you. Uh, my name is Ashley LaCroix and I am a marketer and I've worked in corporate offices for the last 10 years doing marketing and trying to make change inside. So now you've decided, hey, maybe I'll look at what happens outside of those corporate offices. Yeah, well, I still work in corporate offices, um, but I think I spent a lot of years marketing services to startups and so I've always been um, interested in the ecosystem and this program drew me in to learn from the other side. Cool. And I'll also get you to introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Brian Jeffcock. I'm a designer, startup founder um, with really no corporate experience. <laughs> I guess good or bad depending on how you look at it. Um, yeah, founded a few companies. Um, now I mainly do sort of consulting for startups and scale-ups and sort of a wide variety of sort of technology-focused companies. Okay, and so Ashley came into this from the learner perspective and you came into this from the teacher perspective. So mm -hmm. can you tell me a little bit about what drew you to be interested in teaching in the Volta Academy program? Totally, yeah. I mean, I've been really fortunate to have a lot of great mentors over the years. I've uh, gone like from NASCAD to Dalhousie to the Propel community, there's been a wide variety of people sort of showing me what to do because obviously I came into this just from Churro, not really any business experience and not even really any design experience. So like it's all been sort of based on just feedback from a lot of really cool people. So this seemed like a good opportunity to try to sort of bring some of what I learned to a new group of people and just sort of see how that goes from there. Cool. So the, the thing I like about, and we talked about this a little bit about the program itself, is that it's much more flexible than a lot of sort of rigid business programs. Like, it's different than like taking a master class on building a business where you just watch a bunch of webinars and, and kind of go through it. So, Ashley, what was your sort of expectations coming into it? And how do you find it met those expectations when it came to like the structure of the program? Um... I honestly can say that I didn't have many expectations coming in. I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. Um, I walk into boardrooms, coffees, lunches, dinners, whatever, um, so often. And one of the first things I typically say is, I have an idea. And um, so after many of those with um, one friend, she said, you really should apply for this program. And I felt really intimidated, honestly, um, at first, because I was like, well, I don't have one idea. I haven't developed any of my ideas. Um, I don't know that I'd actually be a great candidate for this, but she encouraged me to apply for it, and I did. And so coming into it, I, I was really pleased and surprised. Like, I have a better understanding of the process and, um, you know, a formula to apply when I have an idea that is sticky enough to stick and, and what to do with it. And then also a lot of the practices that I think that can be employed in a corporate office. Um, so it really met my expectations and exceeded them. I didn't have many of them coming into it, right. but uh, yeah, I mean, it was a really positive experience. I think too, that one of the things you touched on that is important is that you're going to have people that are, are working in 
corporations that are starting corporations are starting more and more to sort of understand like okay maybe this manual that sits in this filing cabinet in hr and we wrote 15 years ago isn't necessarily Mm -hmm. the best way to think about how we're going to move forward and so you sort of get entrepreneurial thinking that expands throughout corporations now which i think is is really great um brian what was you what were your expectations like what were you expecting to see from the students and what were some of the things that surprised you when you actually started doing the instructor role? Totally. Well, I do a lot of work with Propel. So they have like a wide variety of companies in the different stages. So I wasn't really sure what stages people would be at. So I kind of came from it from the lens of someone who doesn't have an idea and doesn't really have an introduction to start up in businesses, but I also wanted it to be engaging enough that if you had an idea, and you already kind of have read some lean startup related stuff that we wouldn't spend too much time on like the core, super basic fundamentals. I just try to jump into something a little more like actionable and a little more workshop oriented. So regardless of what stage you're at, you could still keep kind of pushing forward and, and sort of extracting value from each of the classes that I did. Right. And so you did four classes. Could you go over briefly what the four things that you taught were? Since yeah, you, totally. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, the first one was business model canvas. So it was really just kind of like breaking down the basics of how that works, how to structure something. And it's really to try to get the mode of the sort of like the business plan mindset and say, you know, here's a quick thing that we can iterate on. You can start to identify maybe challenges with your customer segment, how you're going to make money, whatever, at like a really early stage. And it's something that, you know, just need a sheet of paper, you can bang it out, sort of get a sense of is this going to work or not, and then go out and start sort of validating that. So that was the first class was all around that. And I had the class to sort of create, if they had an idea, awesome. If not, you know, try to work with a really loose one that you may have and just try to map something out. It was just the goal of that class. And then I did three classes around design. So I did one, the first one was more of a trying to find the problem. And I think it's a really, in that sort of example for that class, it's about digging deeper than what you thought the problem was and trying to really dig into the customer pain a little more and not try to prescribe a solution so early on because I think that's something that like I used to do a lot was, especially as a designer, like you can design stuff and make something look like something. So I used to just think I had the answer before I even really knew the problem. So it was kind of slowing everybody down and saying, time out, let's go right back. And so I did a workshop that's um, taught at Stanford around trying to really dig into understanding sort of the buying journey of somebody, like I guess the person next to you who would have bought a gift, like what's the last gift you bought? Why did you buy it? And really dig deep into all these sort of weird emotional and like why did you do this and really understand their sort of like process all the way through and the goal is sort of so you can understand like you can sort of visualize every single step in that process and why they did it and then come up with a sort of a a better way to do that for them whatever that may be um so that was a really fun one i think it was like abstract for some people especially if they had an idea already they they kind of just wanted to jam their idea right. through and yeah. be like, all right, how do well, I get to... know how this is working. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I gotta go. Yeah, yeah. How do I get to revenue? So it's like, no, 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 pause. Let's just like really slow down and think a little more abstractly. So that was a fun one. Uh, and the next one was more about, okay, so let's say we have an idea. How do you actually prototype this? And so I sort of took them through basic... I uh, used an app as an example because it's like a, you know, a nice standard size yeah. of a phone that everybody's relatively familiar with. And... So we decided, like, basic, like, here's how you would map out sort of the initial flow of an MVP. Here's how you could maybe wireframe some screens and just all pen and paper. So you didn't require any sort of, like, you don't need a computer. You don't need programs. It's just let's get your ideas on paper and then 
these are great tools to start getting early feedback. And then the final one was more on measurement. And so that one was a little less of a workshop and more of like a, I guess I wouldn't call it a lecture, but it's more of just sort of like a show of like, here's a variety of tools, here's some case studies, here's some concepts. And I referenced a lot of stuff by Alistair Kroll and uh, Ben Yoskovitz in their book. Um, I believe it's Lean Analytics. So, so just sort of like pulling in sort of like, what's this one metric that matters? Because I think it's, it's either you don't measure at all or you measure so much and you're sort of caught up in vanity metrics. And... You're making these snap decisions based on act, like data that's not in any way statistically accurate. That's like, yeah, so it's like you sort of like correlation versus causation. So it's like, don't get caught up in the data. Here's like a simple basic breakdown of, of some sort of like tools and, and processes you should think about moving forward. The, the tracking thing I find really interesting because there's, there's so many things that we track that don't matter. <laughs> there's so many things that we track really poorly that matter incredibly. Like there's... There was a, I sent, a, I think to Ross Simmons the other day of this device that they were selling online where every time you got a like on Facebook, this like counter would actually change and you would like have this on the wall in the office and you're like, you know that that doesn't matter like at all, right? Like, you know, that's just the total wrong thing to be measuring when you're doing these kind of things. And, and, um, that's sort of like what you said, it's sort of the vanity metrics of like, oh, I have this much of this. And you're like, okay, well, are you profitable? Like, are you, are you making money? Like, are you, is this cost? I've, I've talked to people who've talked about, I've worked people through this idea before of, there was a group of guys that were working on a startup. And when we, they had this idea of like, we're going to do this and it's going to be awesome. And then we had them like break down the numbers of like, what are you selling? What is this? What is this? And when they looked at it, they were like, we would actually lose like a nickel every time we, we did this and it's like, okay, great. So how do you fix that? And then sort of going back into it. And I think too, the digging into the problem one is really interesting because we tend to think that someone buys something for a particular reason or someone does something for a particular reason. And then when you dig a little deeper, you're like, oh, that actually had nothing to do with why they did it. There was a root cause that was you know quite a bit different. So I think those are really cool to get people thinking about. So Actually, you obviously attended Brian's, but, uh, and he's talked and a little bit about his. No. And they were your favorite. We <laughs> talked about this. We'll exchange money afterwards. Um, but what were some of the other classes that you came into that you really thought were really interesting and, and gave you a different perspective on, on what, because you're, you're a professional. You, you work. I just mean that in terms of like, you know how businesses operate. So what were some classes that sort of surprised you and gave you a different view on some of those things? Um, I, oh, let's see. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were all so interesting and I think they all challenged me in ways that I didn't expect to. And, um, I mean, I was even surprised I've, I've worked in legal for six years and, uh, the legal session that I attended, I actually felt like I learned so much. And I was like, I was marketing these services. How is it that I didn't understand this stuff? So that one was surprising. We did one um, with Caitlin Burgoyne on um, building funnels, uh, which I found really interesting and, and um, informative. The, um, the one um, with the CEO of Fundmetric, um, Oh my gosh, his name is escaping me. Uh, um, Ryan will be Googling this now. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was really interesting. I'm building your pitch and, you know, what goes into a pitch and developing something that's emotional and connects with people. Um, 
all of those things. I, I think that, you know, one of the points that um, Brian touched on was the hands-on um, learning and diving into those problems was really, really valuable. So you didn't come in with a textbook. You didn't have, you know, homework, although I probably should have done homework. Um, and it really helped you develop those ideas. And, and like I said, I didn't go in with one particular idea. So every week I was kind of working with something, playing with something, playing with something different, um, which was interesting because, you know, depending on the topic that week, I think certain ideas for me worked better. Um, uh, Mark Hobbs. There it is. Thank you. Mark Hobbs. <laughs> um, now I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> so working on different ideas yeah. at different, at different, programs was interesting because you were using different ideas for different classes. Right. And so, and it was really interesting watching other students who had very specific ideas and were much further, you know, everybody was kind of at a different stage and it was mm -hmm. a very dynamic group. Um, I think we had a high school student, a junior mm -hmm. high or high school student in there, which was just so impressive to me that, <laughs> that, you know, A, he was aware of the programs here at Volta and then, um, that he's has enough foresight to, you know, think about how he could benefit from something like this. And right. I don't know that he came in with an idea, but it was really interesting, all of the different um, people and experiences that they have and where they were in their idea. And I think, you know, I can't speak for any of them, but my observation is that everybody is further down the path, <laughs> uh, whatever their path is, you know, coming out of I think that's this. a com I think that's, you know what, and I think that's a common view from so many people that, that, and I mean, you're probably not right. You're probably not wrong in some ways, because as you've said, like you, you didn't have a specific idea, but with the way that we present our ideas online, mm -hmm. the way we present our ideas in general, like I've met with people who presented themselves as like, we're running a business. It is like at such and such mm -hmm. a stage. And then when you dig in, you find out like, oh, like you've got a, you've got a landing page and like some mm -hmm. social accounts. You're not, you're not doing any of it mm -hmm. yet. You're kind of like. You have a cool office, maybe, but you, you haven't yeah. you haven't done those things yet. So I think that's interesting. The idea of a high school, like, if I think of me in high school, of the confidence to like walk into a right. room full of people, like, I don't like walking into a room full of grownups now mm -hmm. and being like, I have an idea. So I can't imagine kind of doing it with that. But I, I think it's great that there was that sort of broad range of Absolutely. of people. Um, so you talked a little bit, Brian, about the idea that people were at very different stages. So. I think one of the cool things that I'll maybe have you speak to a little bit is that you've experienced all those different stages throughout your career because you've, you've been in the sort of, Hey, I have an idea and then I don't necessarily do it because it was just an idea at some point. And you've had the, Hey, I have an idea and it's a company and I go ahead and do it. So, um, can you speak to a little bit about how it changes as you're moving along? Like how, what is it you're really focusing on as you're moving through those stages? Does it stay the same or do you, do you sort of change your thinking as you, as you move through from idea through to, Hey, I have a business. Yeah, totally. Well, I think every time I did it, I thought I was doing it right. <laughs> so I think, I think just even being aware of that now and, and realizing just the complexity of it, because it's like you make your short list of things to do and then, you think it'll take a couple months and it's like, you know, a couple thousand and, you know, it's like, oh, it's going to be a lot more and a lot longer. And so I think it's just, just de-risking more up front, like, you know, not doing like, well, like, like doing the whole brand product, everything yep. experience and trying to really build all that out and front load all sort of like the fun work, I'll call it. When in reality, that's sort of like 
the stuff that's probably going to end up being tossed in the trash. Like I have a ton of cool product designs and brands that never went anywhere. And so I like to just focus on like the harder work of customer discovery. It's, right. it's not necessarily like the sexiest or the funnest. Like I'm not going to put that on Instagram. Like here's a cool thing I'm doing, <laughs> but it's, it's, but where, maybe it's, it's where the, yeah, it's where the it's meat is, life. right? It's like, it's like, here's just a grueling grinding to try to like, is there an opportunity? What's the scale of opportunity? How are we going to service that? And sort of what are the next steps to do that? And yeah, it's, so that's sort of how I think about it now for sure. And, and I think the one thing that, that I noticed that was sort of consistent across everybody was just a sense of sort of passion. I don't want to use the word urgency, but there was definitely like a hunger for everybody to sort of like, let's, I want to build something. Like the energy was really good, which was really exciting. Like everybody, uh, I mean, the idea of building a company or building a product is, is definitely exciting and fun. But then I think once the, the reality or the grueling nature of it grinds in, I think it's not for everybody, but there was definitely like a lot of great, just like excitement and energy to try to like, you know, let's build some cool stuff in the region. And right. yeah, it was, it was great to see that community come together and, and even just seeing like in that class, cause I mean, I was sitting up front or walking around, but the people it's like, you know, they would meet random people beside them and just like the conversations that they would have between themselves is really great because I think as a founder, having great sort of peers who also understand it, like, um, I remember when I was like, I don't know how many years ago this was when I first went through Propel. Um, I met Dan Martell and he told me to not take any advice from anybody who hasn't done what you're trying to do, which I thought was pretty cool in a way. I mean, you can't just be completely oblivious, but that concept of like, especially regionally, I think there's like not necessarily like from an educational system standpoint, like a huge push to like, you know, let's go build something crazy. It's just like, no, get your degree, go do do this. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so you sound a little bit crazy for sure trying to do something creative or entrepreneurial like that. And so it's just like find the people who understand that pain and understand that journey because it's a, it's definitely one that you kind of have to go through to understand the reality of it. So I liked, I liked the way that he put it because I sat on a panel, uh, at the Mount St. Vincent entrepreneurial, uh, like during career week at an entrepreneurship panel. And one of the other people said, like, don't listen to anybody. Like, they were like, you, you like, just follow your hearts and dreams and read the secret. And then everything's going to be fantastic and all this stuff. And it was like, uh, <laughs> please, please don't do that. Like, please. And so I like the idea, like, because I do like the idea of saying, like, well, you don't know. And so you can't necessarily say that I shouldn't do this. But the idea of, like, there's people. I, I went to speak with the CEO of Proposify one day because I was talking about sort of what I wanted to do next with the business. And I laid out this whole, like, these are all the things I want to do. And at the end of it, he was like, what can I do or say to make you not do any of those things? And I was just like, <laughs> you're doing it. Like, that's Go why Kyle. I came into this room. Like, Kyle's, Kyle's fantastic. But, um, but, but it was this kind of idea of, like, okay, well, you've done this and you know what what I should and shouldn't do. And it's one thing to not necessarily, it's one thing to say, well, you know what? I've decided I'm going to do it anyways, but to be cognizant that you at least got that advice and that it's, that it's sitting there. So actually you didn't come in with an idea. Did you come out with an idea or have you, or are you looking more at the idea of just taking those skills and using them in what you're doing? I definitely feel more prepared now and think through ideas a little bit more critically. And I would say even longer, I'm, you know, I get really, really excited about every idea that I have and then I think about it and then I just get overwhelmed with, I don't know where to start. I don't know who to talk to. Um, 
And then, you know, you kind of start thinking about it. Well, maybe this is a little bit crazy. Uh, I probably shouldn't do this. (laughs) Okay, I'm just going to table this one, put it in the parking lot. Then you wake up the next morning with a new idea. So I think I have a better understanding and um, sort of structure and process to kind of work through with some of my ideas now. And so they, you know, they linger around for a little bit longer. Um, I think it certainly knocked out a couple of my ideas, especially when we talked about, you know, how is this going to make you money? Like there's a lot of good ideas, but how is it going to make money or how is it going to solve a problem? Um, so really diving into some of that stuff. And I think the value with the instructors is that it's not coming from a textbook. You know, you, you read a textbook and you have these case studies and you're applying everything in theory, but I, you know, listening to Brian speak and Caitlin speak about some of their troubles and what they've gone through. Like you can really identify with them. And I, I can say like, Oh, I, I understand that, you know, Brian was up all night long creating this. And then his business partner went and pitched it in in the morning and he got back to work, you know, that afternoon or or whatever. And you sort of understand the struggles a little bit more. It's, it's real, it's practical, it's tangible. And, um, I think that, yeah, that's, I think entrepreneurship looks so much fun from the way that it's been presented by certain media and and you know certain individuals and it's not that it's not like there's nothing I like like when I I go on vacation once a year Mm -hmm. to Ottawa I'm partly a stay-at-home dad Mm -hmm. as well so once a year so that my family survives I walk away from them and Mm -hmm. go to Ottawa to see my best friend and I take work with me because Mm -hmm. it's this time that I have to like actually sit and think about things a little deeper than I have like okay I have two hours and then that one's going to yell at me and then I have another two hours and I have to feed that one and like do those sorts of things and so I think seeing people that are in entrepreneurship and are passionate about it and know what they're doing but aren't necessarily being like hey check out this fancy car I'm going to rent this weekend or I'm on a boat somewhere or like I'm doing this and that is such a like when I see people literally I saw a guy the other day who runs all these master classes on how he built a multi-million dollar business just by taking your money to talk about how he builds a multi-million dollar business. But he posted a thing the other day and it was a, and he, it was a sponsored ad cause I've harshly unfollowed him, but it was a picture of him sitting in a private jet, like looking off as though he were talking mm-hmm. to someone. And I was just like, please stop showing that picture to people. Where's your private jet? There. That's how you got here, right? That's why you weren't too wet. It's like a you. chopper. Yes. Not far enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to fuel up the jet for a short jaunt like that. Um, but I like, you know, I like the idea that, that individuals were willing to share sort of their failure stories as much as they were. Like, Caitlin has repeatedly shared the idea of, like, how her startup grew and then why and how it closed out and what she's doing now to sort of continue to move forward. And she's a, I mean, she's a great example of sort of continuing to go through that process. So I like the idea of sort of saying like, well, the ideas are still there. I just have to walk them through that path now and see where they, where they come. And I think recognizing that there is an amazing support system here at Volta and everybody is so willing to help. So if you do have an idea, I now feel confident emailing Brian and saying, Hey, you don't know me, but Brian's like, great. I get 400 emails. <laughs> you know what? I actually tell everybody whether it's bullets or propel rubber yeah. to email me. And I'm kind of surprised at how few do. I mean, some do and it's good because the ones who do are like the ones that you kind yeah. of want in a way, but you know, like that's the whole point. Like I definitely sent a lot of emails that I wasn't really ready to send and people still responded mm-hmm. and gave me a little bit of feedback. And so that's, 
you know, if I had too many emails about that, that like, you know, that would be a good problem in a way to have because I would feel good about giving back. I'm, all, I'm always surprised at, at how, like, because I do a lot online of like, hey, if you have a question about mm-hmm. blogging or podcasting or like, you know, a- any of these things that we do, like, just email me. Like, I'm happy to talk to you about it and I'm not going to charge you for it. I just, you know, if you've got a question, I'll answer it. And I'm, again, I'm always amazed at the number of people who... I'll then see a post by them later of like, I don't know how to do this. And you're like, there are people who will just answer your questions. Like when, you know, when it, the, the thing about Kyle, like I literally just emailed Kyle and was like, can I just sit down with you and, and talk? And there's this, there's this quote by Gary Vaynerchuk that, um, winners give winners at bats. Mm-hmm. And it's this sort of concept of like, if you ask someone for help and they're the right person to help you, if they're a good person, they're either going to help you or they're going to explain why they can't right now. Like the very few people are just going to be like, no, I, you know, I don't do that. I, I sat down with, I've sat down with so many people that are in similar industries as I am and talked to them about how I could move forward. And they were like, yeah, sure. Like totally. you're not competing with those other people. You're really just trying to do the best thing that you can possibly do. So I think that, uh, I like that, that the community is sort of growing in that way where people can, you know, can ask more and, and mm-hmm. feel comfortable doing it. So I think that you're a good example of someone that would, that would sort of encourage people to join this because you, you didn't necessarily, you weren't like, I have a startup, it's all ready to go and I just want to learn all these things. You sort of came in with like, I have an idea every 30 seconds for my entire life. I'd like to figure out how to figure out which one of these ideas is good. I very much, my wife basically every time that I tell her a story, like every time I tell her an idea, she immediately is just like, Sure. Let's just, we'll wait a week and we'll see if you do that or not. Um, so I definitely, I definitely feel that way. So what would you say to someone who isn't sure about joining the program and is like, well, I don't know if I belong in that spot. What would be sort of the, the graduating classes words of wisdom to, uh, to that person? Um, I mean, I would say just like, just do it. It, it, can I say that? Is that, does Nike own that? Um, I have to pay them, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, it's fine. I'm um, going to get money from Volta. Remember, I'm going to bad mouth okay. them and then just register. Out, so. and attend. <laughs> um, it, <laughs> a little less. Just register and attend. And there's no check marks or anything. It's just, yeah. There's no swoosh. It's just like, it's an yeah. X specifically. Um, uh, I mean, the application process was, you know, I remember it was actually Caitlin who had encouraged me to um, apply and just like the thought of, you know, applying for something. I was like, oh my gosh, like an application. And the application process was very easy. Um, You know, it was explain your idea. And I basically said, I have 10. Um, I don't know which one to pick. So, um, and and then I got accepted and I felt very proud. And uh, yeah, I, I think if you're, I mean, it's, it's not... It, it may sound scary. Um, it was 10 weeks and, you know, every Monday night you get to know the people that are in your group. It's, I don't know. I mean, it, to me, it's, it's a win-win, whether you have an idea, whether you work in a company and you can bring these ideas back to the company. Um, you know, I, I just don't see you're doing any yourself, reason to say no, any reason to say no. Um, yeah. Email me. I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> and and so Brian, from your perspective as an instructor, what were some of the what were some of the things that you think people brought that maybe you know that, that wasn't an idea of like I have a startup idea, I'm going to start this business. But what were some of the things that people brought that were outside of that 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 sort of helped build that program in some way? 
Um, well, I think, in, I mean, initially I didn't really focus on ideas. I just tried to provide a framework for people to go through and everybody, depending on their individual skill set, sort of took that to a different level. So obviously if there's like a prototyping one, people with more visual or design backgrounds are really going to approach that with like a certain level of maybe quality. But I also like people who have never really drawn before or haven't drawn in, in years, right? And I think it's really empowering to just sort of like get them thinking visually like that. Um, or whether maybe you're technical and you're focused very on technical stuff, it's like, great, before you code anymore, let's talk about something else, right? And so it was really nice because I just like to meet each person, understand what they're sort of good at, and then sort of figure out what's that thing that they're really not good at, and, and get, them to do, yeah. get them to do a little more of that, just to round them out a little bit. Because I think it's one of those things, especially as you start like getting better and better at something, you really kind of only focus on what you're good at, like, you know, day to day. I, I sort of know what I'm doing-ish now, and so I don't. I, f I rarely find myself into a place of complete confusion of like starting from zero. And I think it's really important to do that, especially when you're going from like a a role within an organization where it's like you do design or you right. are a developer. To well, now you're the founder, you know, technical or not, you kind of wear every hat. And I think just going through the process of becoming a founder a few times has really taught me a lot more about just like all the operational sides of things, marketing, sales, BD, all these things that I never had any exposure to going through, you know, my traditional quote unquote education. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it's a really good opportunity to sort of brand yourself out. And as you start thinking more like that, you can really just apply that everywhere because you just have a wider sort of set of just like, you know, concepts to, to work with. Cool. Well, I'd like to thank both of you for joining me on this beautiful, sunny, uh, almost beach day, really, um, in Halifax, Nova Scotia. If you know anything about Halifax, you'll know that it's probably not a beach day. And uh, so thank you very much for taking the time to join me today, and uh, I'm glad that you enjoyed the program. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you.